You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's play it, everybody, on a Sunday night, August 12th, and a Monday, August 13th. It is another edition of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Derry with you, talking about the Lions. Week one of the preseason in the books. Lions had their moments, both good and bad, and a 16-10 loss to the Oakland Raiders. Good news is Lions came out pretty healthy and pretty unscathed. And now the New York Giants come to town. Some practices, two practices, back-to-back with the Giants on Tuesday and Wednesday in Allen Park. And then the team will host New York on Friday night at Ford Field in the home preseason opener. Thanks for listening. And, of course, joining me on Megaphone.fm. That's our home. Whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Alexa, wherever you're getting your podcast. Lions, (laughs) you know, it's funny. Uh, We're going to get into the good and the bad for sure and talk about the pro football focus, highly graded offensive players and defensive players and give you that list coming up momentarily as well. But the bottom line with the Lions after one week of the preseason is you watch this football team and you see a lot of the things in the past over the last couple of years that bother you about the team pop up again in the opener. Friday night against the Raiders. Now, the score again, 16-10, to 10, does not matter. Matthew Stafford did not play. Ziggy Ansa did not play. Theo Riddick was held out of the game. So, it, it, you know, the minute Golden Tate took a, a low hit from one of the Raider defensive backs and kind of was limping a little bit, they pulled him out and he never played again. So Matt Patricia knows he's got to protect some of his stars and some of his better guys, and there was no reason to put Matthew Stafford in that first game. Uh, you know, the Raiders, Derek Carr played one series and basically he was done. So the Lions elected to start Matt Castle and then go to Jake Rudock. And um, <laughs> by the way, both guys stare down receivers like like crazy. Regardless, yeah, if Matthew Stafford's not playing, the Lions have no chance. But I, I, I'm not even going to get into today uh, the backup quarterbacks because does that really matter in the grand scheme of things? But the first things first. When we talk about this football team and we and, and we get into issues that they have, and I tweeted it out during the game Friday night, and I know it was late, and maybe some of you didn't see it, but let's start here. The defensive tackles. Um, this football team for years had Indomitian Sue, and then for a couple of years, they had Haloti Nada. Neither of those guys has been replaced. And if this football team is going to make its mark this year, and make a run at Minnesota and try to win this division. The defensive tackle play must be a whole lot better. I don't know about you, but I don't remember A. Sean Robinson's four tackles or Sylvester Williams even being on the field. Um, you know, I, I do recall Deshaun Hand making a play at one point during the game. I know he had three tackles, two solo, uh, but but the Lions got destroyed up front in the middle of the. Uh, you know, in the middle of that offensive line for the Raiders all game long. And I noticed this from, from PFF, that the Raiders center, John Feliciano, graded higher than any player in the game. And if you go by pro football focuses grades, an 83.2 is very, very good. That dude was destroying, destroying the Lions up front. And the Raiders were getting good gash plays, uh, running the football, uh, you know, Chris Warren averaging six yards a carry. DeAndre Washington, six point three yards a carry. 
that's unacceptable. And if this team is going to, uh, again, do anything, and I like this football team, and I think it has a chance. But boy, oh boy, they could not stop the inside you know, trap plays. They, couldn't, they could not stop anything that the Raiders were doing up the middle when it came to running the football. And they weren't getting any pressure on the quarterback either. And that, that goes to my next point. You don't want to just pick on the defensive tackles. The defensive ends were not doing its job either. The one guy that I thought played a pretty good football game on Friday night and had to kind of help out his defensive lineman mates in terms of backside plays, and Chris Spielman pointed this out on the TV broadcast the other night on Fox 2 with Shep, was Anthony Zettel. Anthony Zettel did a pretty nice job, and I thought it had a pretty good game from the defensive end standpoint. Was he getting to the quarterback? No. But four tackles, couple solos, Again, a couple of backside tackles, but those were five, six, seven yards down the field. So Anthony Zettel earned some points with me, but the D-tackle play has got to get better. Because whether it was Derek Carr, whether it was Connor Cook, any of the quarterbacks that played for the Raiders, E.J. Manuel, Connor Cook went 11 for 19 with a quarterback rating and a touchdown and with a quarterback rating of 98.8. The Lions had one, count it, one quarterback hit all night. And that was Alex Barrett, the second-year defensive end. Zero sacks. That's completely unacceptable. I know it's the preseason, guys. I get it. I know it's the, I know it's the exhibition season. I know these games don't really, really matter. I know there are some of you that are big Lions fans that are listening that, that take some of this with a grain of salt. But I think under Matt Patricia... This is a big concern. And I think you've got to point the finger a little bit of general manager Bob Quinn. And I'm a maestro guy. I gave him the nickname. I think he's putting some pieces in place here. I think he's done a pretty good job so far. But they have not addressed fully replacing Sue and with a pass-rushing defensive tackle, nor have they replaced Haloti Nada with, with, with a plugger up there against the run. Sylvester Williams... If that's your best pickup on the D-line, as far as free agency goes, I, I know Jonathan Hankins is out there. I'm, I'm well aware there's going to be some other guys. Maybe they, they are going to, uh, on the final cuts in early September, pick somebody up, and that'll be the guy. But, you know, D-tackle is, 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 is a concern in a big way. I'm interested in your thoughts on Twitter at Dairy Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks, and the Matt Dairy Facebook fan page as well. You can make comments on anything that we're talking about here today, uh, tonight, into Monday morning. For those of you driving to work on Monday morning, please drive safely. All right, let's talk about a very, very positive. And I said this on Shep's show on Friday on Shep's Shower and Shave when I was filling in for Matt that I thought Amir Abdullah was going to have a big game. I didn't think he was going to get carries ahead of Carrion Johnson and play in the first quarter and play in the second quarter. Uh, a lot, I figured, Abdullah would come in about mid-second and play a lot in the second half against the Raiders, second, third, and fourth stringers. But I thought Amir Abdullah looked pretty darn good in the limited touches that he got. Um, four carries for 16 yards. He caught a pass for seven yards. This is a guy that has been basically demoted, basically told you're not, you're not good enough. Because not only did they select, uh, you know, carry on Johnson in the draft in the second round, but they also signed LeGarrette Blunt to start as a free agent signee at running back. So that, that kind of pushed Amir down the depth chart, and I thought he responded well 
Um, good cutbacks, good feet, had the touchdown run. Um, I like what I saw from Amir Abdullah on Friday night. The question's going to be, is he going to remain on the team? Now, again, Theo Riddick didn't play, so that gave Amir even more opportunities. But will the Lions call the Redskins that just lost Darius Geis and see if Washington is interested in Amir Abdullah? A couple reports say the Redskins are fine with with Rob Kelly and and P. Ryan and some of the guys that they have there and might not look to make a move. But with teams losing running backs, um, the Niners uh, have some injuries there. Martin Mayhew's out in San Francisco and drafted Amir Abdullah. Will Bob Quinn call up John Lynch in San Francisco and see if Amir Abdullah is somebody that, uh, you know, the Niners could be interested in? Hey, guys, I want to tell you about my friends at Locked on NFL. If you haven't listened to the Locked on NFL podcast with Matt Williamson, it's something that you should definitely check out. Uh, It's got a different feel this year. He's got a bunch of great regular guests, which should be uh, absolutely incredible each and every week right here on the Locked On Podcast Network uh, network with uh, my with uh, all sorts of different you know hosts and going around the league and doing all sorts of things. It's a terrific listen and a good read. Matt Williamson, uh, read. <laughs> um, hey, it's late. It really has all the experts on all the time. Right? Matt hosts Locked On NFL. They got an, a brand new lineup. Every Monday, it will be the Locked On's local experts on the biggest stories, then Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus joins every Wednesday, and ESPN's Mike Sando is on every Thursday. Be sure to follow Locked on NFL also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, to get this amazing content. It is Locked on NFL with Matt Williamson on the Locked on Podcast Network. All right, so we talked about Amir Abdullah a little bit and how impressive he looked for the Lions on Friday night. Nobody was more imp- impressive, at least touching the football on the Lions on the offensive side of the ball, then carry on Johnson. Seven carries, 34 yards. Yes, that's correct. A Lions running back averaged nearly five yards a carry in a football game. Ooh-wee, how about that? 4.9 yards per carry, along of 13. And if you saw the 57-yard run that got called back due to holding on Tyrell Crosby, you saw a glimpse of what the rookie carry on Johnson from Auburn can do. Cutbacks, great feet, power, all in one. And reading a lot of stuff from the beat writers, I'm, I'm checking out what the people in Oakland have to say. Everybody was very, very impressed with the Lions rookie running back, Carryon Johnson. Four catches for 33 yards. They threw him the football five times, targeted him five times. And this is the kind of home run hitter, and this is the kind of game breaker that the Lions have needed since Barry left. Now, after one preseason game, Am I comparing um, on Johnson to Barry Sanders? No, I'm not. And I also know not to get fooled by the preseason. But in watching number 33 out there, I saw something. And, you know, I, I want to see him start a game. I want to see him out there in the first quarter. We know what LeGarrette Blunt can do, and I like the power that he brings to the table, and he got some carries uh, in the first half as well. But boy, oh boy, you saw some flashes from Carrion Johnson, the 57-yard run that got called back. Uh, just like Marshawn Lynch had a long run for the Raiders that was called back, uh, you, saw some, you, you saw some special talent there. And, I mean, th- this team has needed that for a long time. And, you know, I like the O-line play. I thought Frank Ragnall played well. I know Crosby had the holding penalty uh, on the long Carrion Johnson run. So people are, are kind of grading him down. But I, you know, 
I thought Crosby did okay. And I like the fact that the Lions were running behind Ragnow a lot and running left on Friday night. And we'll see if it continues this week against the Giants. But give Carrion Johnson credit. Um, two positives that we're discussing here are two of the running backs that this team has. And that's something that we rarely do when we talk about the Detroit Lions. Um, that is for sure. All right, Pro Football Focus, of course, our friends at PFF. Brett Whitefield, who runs the Detroit side of things. Uh, for Pro Football Focus, here's how they graded the Lions after one game. And again, I don't care if they won or lost. We all knew that the Lions were not going to beat the the Raiders in the preseason Friday night. You could tell John Gruden wanted to win that game. And they were, it's, you know, it's their it's their you know last uh, opener in terms of having the crowd there before they moved to Vegas. They were playing to win. The Lions were playing to see what they had. And you saw some very vanilla defenses. I didn't see a lot of blitzing from the Lions. I know that's what they're going to end up doing eventually. But as far as winning the game, who cares that they didn't win the game? The offense did not move the ball enough. Um, we talked about up front getting beat by the Raiders, you know, making Connor Cook look like look like Johnny Unitas back there. But as far as pro football focus grades and how they view the um, the Lions and on offense and defense. The top offensive performer for the Lions was Carrion Johnson. He received a grade of 80.7, which is very, very impressive. Like I said, ran the football, caught the football out of the backfield, made people miss, and um, it was something that I think was, uh, you know, a breath of fresh air to finally see the Lions have a running back that maybe could make an impact, and a play or two. Uh, Hakeem Vallis, the Lions' tight end, came in second with a grade of 79.8. And that's something that I'm not going to say was surprising per se, but the Lions might have themselves a battle for those second and third and possibly fourth tight end spots if they elect to keep four. You know, everybody talks about... um, the pickups in the offseason of Luke Wilson, Levine Tuaolo, Akeem Vallis, who who has some experience with the Arizona Cardinals, played pretty well the other night. Made a couple of catches, the 13-yard catch, two catches, 26 yards, and got a grade of 79.8. Brandon Powell, the wide receiver, a 74.6. Uh, he's fighting with Teal Redding and Jace Billingsley for that fifth uh, wide receiver spot. Powell's had a pretty good camp and received a grade of 74.6. Uh, for his performance, the five catches, 34 yards, a lot of that in the second half uh, against the third and fourth stringers. Frank Ragnow got a 72.3. So PFF liked the performance from Ragnow uh, on that offensive line, playing mostly or all left guard uh, on Friday night. And give credit to uh, Mike O'Hara from DetroitLions.com. We had him on right after the draft in the spring. And he said, I think he th- said he thinks Ragnow is going to be playing guard and Glasgow center. He called that very, very early on. All right, on defense, and this should tell you something about where the Lions were defensively and how they got, you know, uh, chewed up pretty good, giving up 147 yards on the ground to the Raiders, and Oakland ran for an average of just under five yards a carry at 4.7, which is not going to win you a lot of games. Jonathan Freeney, the linebacker, got a 78.4. Christian Jones, the newly acquired Signee linebacker got a 76.5. Those were the two highest graded lines. If you notice, I'm not mentioning anybody when it comes to defensive tackles or defensive linemen. Uh, Darius Slay, 
<laughs> graded out very, very well, but he wasn't on the field for enough snaps um, uh, on Friday night. And again, look, you know, Slay had a couple of pass breakups. I'm not worried about the secondary, not at all. Anthony Zettel a 76.4, so just a tenth of a point after Christian Jones. Freddie Bishop is an interesting name, the Western Michigan product that was picked up pretty recently here in training camp, a 74.6, you know, made some nice moves uh, to, to, you know, to get close to the quarterback, had five tackles, all of them solo. That's a guy to look out for because the Lions have openings on that defensive line and at that outside linebacker spot. And I know that's kind of what he's more of a hybrid. If you notice the Lions have a bunch of these hybrid outside linebacker defensive end types with Kennard and Jones and even Jalen Reeves Mabin, who I thought played pretty well the other night. Freddie Bishop's a guy to watch for. He's had a good camp and he had a good game on Friday night. And Jamal Agnew came in at a 72.3 as well. The cornerback slash punt returner, who uh, did not start the game at punt returner. They actually are, are seeing what Amir Abdullah can do on punt returns. But we know this. Once the season starts, Jamal Agnew uh, will be there. So basically that's the rundown and what I what I thought of the first preseason game. Uh, Locked in NFL Draft, by the way, is back. The incredible daily NFL Draft podcast has a new friend on the network. Draft dudes are now a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs bring their draft takes every day on the show called Draft Dudes. Follow on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts to get another NFL Draft podcast. That is our friends at Draft Dudes. They do an excellent, excellent job. All right, that'll do it for our first installment this week of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network on this Sunday night, August 12th, and a Monday, August 13th. If you're heading to work on Monday morning, hope you enjoyed what you're listening to as we recap what we saw from Lions and Raiders on Friday night. And it wasn't much. Uh, It wasn't a great performance by any stretch for the Lions. And again, no pressure on the quarterback. And the D tackles could could not get a push up front, uh, allowing guys like Connor Cook to have all day and the running backs to really do their thing for Oakland, you hope, in week number two. And Matt Patricia said it after the game, and he said it on the teleconference the other day, we have a lot of work to do. Um, this is going to be a situation where Bob Quinn and the front office uh, are going to have to act and maybe add some pieces. I know Ricky Jean Francois did not play Friday night. That's another important piece on that D-line that's going to have to step up. We'll see. I think they got to probably add one more if they can at that position. So we'll have to wait and see. But the Lions will have joint practices with the Giants Tuesday and Wednesday. That means Saquon Barkley will be in Allen Park. And then the Friday night game against the Giants. We'll talk to you again tomorrow right here on Locked on Lions. Thanks, everybody.